Toronto proud to announce from Zurich, Men's League Switzerland, from US program, Austin Matthews. Okay, hello, welcome back. I hope everything's going well. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, if that's your thing. But if it's not, no worries, because my bookie's got it all from NBA to the Premier League. Uh, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, all the kinds of stuff you could ever want, and from a great customer service team that helps you 24-7. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. And let's say you got a couple big favorites this week. You could parlay your wagers and let you bet multiple games together. And if they all come through, you win big. And so maybe if you're not into football, because it's all over now, you could still sign up for hockey. And I think baseball's starting up again soon and uh, boxing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, my bookie has more lines and better odds for the other player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. And that means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with sounds pretty sweet to me uh, and all you have to do is use the promo code THPN uh, to activate the offer once again the promo code is THPN uh, to get your extra cash from my bookie uh, bet win get paid have fun be safe live and love life all right now let's do the show all right good to have my bookie back in action here and all those fabulous things that's going on in this world with their advertising and sponsors and all that stuff. It's kind of good to see everybody doing well on the network. And speaking of doing well, there's a little transition. Um, they're going to start putting individual uh, posts up for each uh, hockey team. So instead of you subscribing to one uh, on whatever it is you're subscribing through SoundCloud and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll have multiples, so you can just sign up for the team you're interested in. Or if you're like me and you want to just listen to them all, uh, you can just keep listening to them all. That'd be no problem. Uh, so just keep a lookout for that uh, that change and make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcaster whenever that does change. All right. Let's get back to my favorite thing to talk about, and that's hockey, and that's the Leafs. And, I mean, I don't really talk about much else. That's probably all you guys know me as just like the Leafs hockey dude that rambles on and makes up all kinds of crazy stories. All right, so there was the weeks, the games that went on this week. Uh, there was no all-star break this week, which thank God that we don't have to go through that weird break again until next year when I complain about it again. Um, but yeah, they had a uh, game on Monday against Nashville. Well, they essentially smoked them. It was 5-2. It was one of those games that I was... You know, like I, I believe I said it on my um, preamble, uh, like, are they going to be able to do well against a team that's really defensively sound like this? You know, sort of their polar opposites. Um, clearly, they did really well. Uh, they ended up winning and it pushed them ahead a little bit. And at this point of the season, like everything counts, you know, 
if they, I mean, they ended up on a three-game winning streak this week. If they ended up on a three-game losing streak, that would suck. That would that could have tanked their season right there, especially if the other teams, uh, like Florida and all them, just pulled ahead even further. But yeah, then they played Dallas, and this is a game that I was really concerned about because I thought, okay, Dallas, they're too good on defense for this, so there's, they're you know like two or three mistakes and and it's over. Um, but the score ended up being five three, and I was kind of shocked by that because out of all the teams out there. Uh, that I thought would shut them down this week. Uh, it was especially Dallas that that I would have leaned on. Um, but like through through all these games, it seemed like they had like a lot of push, and there wasn't sort of this lull. Like for example, in the Nashville game, uh, I said that both teams basically need to win to be able to get anywhere. And if they don't, they're screwed. They could just ruin their whole season in this week. And come and how they come out of this break is really important. Uh, for the Leafs, they actually came out strong and they just came out and took Nashville down. Um, whereas Nashville, they just looked like they didn't care. Uh, they had a point where they seemed to have some pushback. I think it was when they got their first goal or something. Uh, and they were getting the score. I think the Leafs were only one goal ahead and uh, Sheldon Keith calls a timeout. What a great idea. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's thought about this before or talked about this before, but why don't more teams do this? Why do they always, like, oh, just save the timeout for every, uh, like, last-minute uh, event or something in the game? Like, why not do it now when your team has had the momentum, they've been winning the whole game, and then something like that happens where um, where you think it could be shifting the other way just to, like, call everyone to attention. It's like, don't let this happen. Uh, get your crap together and stop them and that's what they did and I was really impressed by seeing this Uh, I was surprised by seeing it when I saw it because I've never seen someone do that before it's usually like they wait until like I don't know they wait until like there's only a minute left and like all right well let's do the timeout now when there was probably about uh, five or six other opportunities where they could have maybe like handled the game Um, but they didn't and so that was good uh, yeah, then they beat Dallas and, oh yeah, the Ottawa game. So it was funny that the Ottawa game is only, uh, it was 2 on Toronto, they won anyway. Uh, but if you look at the three games, it was like, if there ever was a game I thought would have been 2-1 for one of the teams, it would have been against Dallas and not Ottawa. And it just shows you how, like, I don't know, there's something about Ottawa where they, they can just outwork you. Um, they might not have the skill to win. And honestly, if they had, like, another center maybe a experienced uh, winger and like another defenseman and maybe not a bad goalie, they'd be a pretty good team. Uh, They've got like a good shell there of really good players and good peripheral players and sport players and like, you know, like Borbieski and all that. They just, yeah, their goaltending's not very good. Um, But they've got enough there that they could. They're They're not as far away as people actually think they are. And I'm one of them, like I thought. Like, honestly, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, oh, they'll probably end up with, like, 40 points this year. Like, I was really expecting them to be bad. But, uh, I mean, good coaching. That shows you what that can do for you. And, like, more of a positive attitude instead of, like, a toxic one where one of your players and uh, or a couple of your players' wives are, like, bullying each other on, on the internet. <laughs> oh, Ottawa. So full of good stories. But, yeah, so they ended up winning anyway 2-1. Uh, good, good stuff. I didn't get to see that game, so I kind of feel bad about that. 
Oh, I had stuff to do. I had to go out with a friend. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was a good week. They ended up with 63 points, uh, third in their division, uh, sixth in the conference. Um, Florida's two points away from them, but Florida has two games at hand, which, like I said before, like you actually have to win those games um, to do anything with them, but you never know. Like they could just, they could lose them both or they could win them both and push the Leafs out of the playoff spot. But anyway, it's good to see them actually back in a position and not like hovering outside because that's kind of scary. Um, uh, which leads me to the upcoming games this week, which are pretty cool that the next one happens to be against Florida. Uh, now, if you want to put a nail in the coffin and really um, dissuade them from trying, it would be to win this game. Because if you win this game, now you're four games ahead, or sorry, now you're four points ahead, and they have two games in hand. So they would have to win the next two games to at least tie you. Um, I didn't check their schedule, who they're playing, but hopefully it's like St. Louis and Washington or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is an important game, and I think, uh, I haven't heard back yet, but Barkov might be out. So this is like really key that they take advantage of this moment and decide to crush them with Barkov gone because I mean without their number one center like that's a huge hole in their lineup and no disrespect to Florida they have a lot of good players but uh, they don't have the depth up front that the Leafs have or some of the other better um, offensive teams have and without Barkov that's like massive that would be like I, I don't even want to say it. it'd be like the penguins without malkin and then crosby goes out and you're like oh shoot uh but you know kind of been proven wrong with the way things went for them this year but you get what i'm saying um so yeah that's a good opportunity for them i'm not really sold on bobrovsky being there yet like he seems to be not playing very well actually let me just look up his stats real quick Okay, I got him through the te through the magic of technology and the tubes on the internet. Uh, he is fourth worst goalie in the league right now. <laughs> uh, with a 3.26 goals against and a .897. Now, even if you gave him the benefit of the doubt and go, well, this is their defense. Um, with a good defense, like maybe he'd be up to like 908. Maybe. So he'd be like league average at that point. Uh, so that's what $10 million have gotten him right now um just to give you a little perspective the goalie who's just ahead of him is martin jones who's been one of the worst goalies in the past three years uh with 3.25 and 0.889 um right behind him is devin dubnik at 3.4 0 0.890 at least dubnik i could see like that team's having an extremely bad year uh it's surprising that Florida's in the position they are with Bobrovsky playing like he is. Like, imagine if he was just, like, 9-10, you know? They'd probably be, like, second in the division, maybe. Uh, and then last is obviously Jimmy Howard, who's just not getting any help in Detroit. So I don't blame any of him. I don't really blame Dubnik, but, like, Bobrovsky? Like, damn, man. You got a better team than those guys. Even Martin, well, Martin Jones just been bad. And then next is, like, Craig Anderson, UC Soros, um... Those are all like teams that just aren't playing. Anders Nilsson has a better record. With 908 save percentage. <laughs> they could have got Anders Nilsson for probably like spare parts. They would have been better. Oh my god. Anyway, that's mean. I'm sorry. Shouldn't do that. <clears throat> okay, so. They have a good chance to be able to destroy them. 
uh, hopefully Bobrovsky doesn't show me up after hearing this. I'm sure he listens and uh, just shut the team out. Um, then next, on Wednesday, they have to play the New York Rangers. Uh, this is a team that I, th- I had a few people tell me they thought they were going to be really good this year. They're like, oh, they got Truba and Panarin. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. I don't think they really realized like how bad the team really was last year. Like they they weren't just missing a defenseman and a goal scorer. They're missing like three defensemen and two three goal scorers. Plus, uh, goaltending hasn't been too great with Henrik recently. Um, and I feel out of like respect, they play him a lot more than probably he would get in most teams if he hadn't had that kind of history. So it should be uh, a very easy win. For them, I don't want to say easy, but like 60% chance they win, which is pretty high in the NHL. Um, Panarin's having a great year. Basically shut him down, and he probably won the game. Uh, in part two of this, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the Truba trade and how kind of lopsided it is and not in the direction that most people expected uh, and freaked out for at the beginning of this year. Um, and then the next game they play is against Anaheim. And need I say more? Uh, this team can't score. They have a lot of trouble getting like one or two goals a game. Uh, Gibson's been really good, but he can only do so much. And I feel like he's, I don't know, I feel like he's just getting worn out. You know, when you're facing like 45 rubber bullets a night uh, actually on you and then all the other ones that miss that you kind of try and save, um, plus the ones that go in. It's going to wear you out, and I, I don't really see them having an answer. They don't really have a young star coming up. Uh, unlike Ottawa, they don't have a peripheral good team. They just sort of have, like, peripheral okay players and a goaltender, I would say. So, again, probably 60% chance they win. Um, and then the big game of the week, which is on Saturday. So, if you've been paying attention, that means four games this week four games in seven days we have one on uh monday wednesday friday and saturday so it's friday saturday back to back which is going to be nuts where they'll be in toronto then then they go to montreal i believe but yeah so they play montreal um i'm sure you guys know my feelings on Carey price he's not as good as he used to be he's probably at best league average right now um i feel like he was really hurt by the rule changes where they I've uh, got the goalies to like shrink in their pads and all that kind of stuff for whatever reason maybe it's because his style is like all positional and he just you know calm and cool get in the right spot and you'll make the save probably nine, 92% of the time and uh, once they got rid of that that's what really screwed him and I feel like he's had trouble adjusting plus with the um, uh, the change in hooking and all that kind of stuff and slashing where they started calling it more and now defensemen couldn't do that so defensemen used to be able to just like hack and whack you away and prevent goals that that way and not get a penalty but they can't do that anymore and i think that also affects Carey price because if he's all about position but now the players coming at him are can be a lot quicker and they have more space because they're you can't hook and slash them uh that's gonna just make it harder for him to save and well some goalies like you know, Marc-Andre Fleury has done well. Vasilevsky has still done well. Ben Witt, Ben Bishop, that maybe rely more on their athleticism and just getting, uh, and then just quicker saves and 
bigger bodies and all that uh, i don't think that's been it hasn't benefited carry price in the same way so or he hasn't adjusted in the same way is what i really mean to say and i think it's you know if you pile that on with the fact that their defense got really bad all of a sudden like they used to be one of the best defenses in the league when they had markov and uh, suban was still playing really good and all that kind of stuff um, now they've really just got this, they've got Petrie and Weber who are good, but then on the left side, there's just this massive vacuum, uh, of players that just can't, can't keep up and you pile all that on and it's clear why Price isn't doing as well. If they had never changed the rules and the Canadians had somehow actually gotten some good left-hand D on their team, he'd probably be floating in the 920s still. And it kind of hurts me to say that because... You know, he won the gold medal for Canada. He was a big part of that uh, in the last Olympics. And I really liked the guy. He's from BC. He's from where I'm from. Um, I saw him at the Karameas, uh Rodeo. And yeah, anyway, I like the guy. I hope he does better. But right now, he's not. And then when you look up and down that Montreal lineup, like they're just, they're really missing like a number one center maybe even a number two like you can say Dano and Domi probably would fill in decently as a number two um but they need somebody who's the number one if they had uh one number one center one more somebody maybe like Barkov as I was talking about him earlier um or somebody just really defensive like ooh, like Bo Horvat somebody like that uh, I believe their team would be way better and then two left-handed D, obviously. So you have two left-handed D and one top-line center. Yeah, then they're a playoff team. But because uh, one of them is, like, one of the most important positions on the team, the top-line center, and the other one is, like, creates a hole down your entire defense, uh, that's what's really screwed them. And I feel bad, in a way, for Montreal fans. I mean, not really, because, you know, a Toronto fan, I can't really care about them, but... You know, if the truth were to really, if you were to really boil it down, like, is this team going to be ready as constructed to compete for playoff spots uh, anytime soon? And unless there's somebody in their um, uh, their prospect rankings that's going to just jump in immediately and take those three positions, uh, I don't see it. Maybe they'll get somebody in the offseason. Maybe they'll get some veteran to sign in, some 27-year-old, like Petrangelo or something. I can't remember if he plays right side or not, though. But yeah, I think he does play the right side. Uh, but unless they get somebody like that, that good, and then a centerman, sorry, but I just don't see them being anything than what they than what they are right now. So it's kind of rough uh, for them, but it's kind of great for us as Leafs fans. Uh, so anyway, if you pile it up this week, it looks like it could be a good week. Now, it could be... Um, You've got, sorry, you've got Florida, New York, Anaheim, and Montreal. All teams that aren't really fighting, for, well, three out of four teams aren't really going to make the playoffs. One team is barely fighting for it and struggling, possibly missing their first line center. Uh, these are all very winnable games. I wouldn't expect them to win them all. They're probably going to come and have a lay an egg in one of the games, like against Anaheim or something. Um, but if they can win Florida, Montreal, that is going to put them in an amazing place um, right now. And at that point, they need to win 
like a little over 50% of the games, maybe like 52, 53, uh, just to make the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, you never know. Um, I know that's like this outdated, old, crappy, stupid thing everybody says, but in this league right now, it actually is very true. A few years ago, I would be like, yeah, you're stupid. If they're not a top 18, they're probably not going to win. Um, let me just pull up standings to make my point. Da, 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 da. Click, click, click. Stupid advertisements in the way. Okay. So if you look at the top, if you go down to sixth, which is Columbus, which I'm going to actually talk about in the next podcast, and you go all the way down to 18th, which is a team, uh, Arizona, which is barely in the playoffs, um, there's only six points separating them. So from 6th to 18th, six points. And so that means if you're in the playoffs, unless you're playing one of the top five teams, which is Tampa, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, you have a pretty good chance to make it to the next round. And if you make it to the second round, um, if you get a favorable matchup and you're a team like, oh, let me think. Uh, let's just let's just be, uh, let's trigger some people. If you're a team like the Islanders, and you've got a really good defense, solid goaltending, good structure, great coach, and just roundabout scoring. You can take out almost anybody if you play properly. Um, with Toronto, like, if you get into a matchup against, say, Tampa Bay in the second round, if Freddie has a good game and you get under the skin of uh, Kucherov, I mean, that team's kind of known to not being able to handle uh, uh, late playoff rounds, Tampa Bay. So it's definitely doable. Um, I mean, even even Edmonton, like if you think about it, Connor McDavid could just, and Drysaddle could just have a great week and pull you through a round. Uh, there's not very many teams here, I would say, have like zero chance if they make it in. Um, even the Canucks, like, yeah, they're like seventh right now in the league. They got a pretty good team. It's not, they're not, obviously they're not that much worse than like the Islanders or Columbus or even Toronto, which is, strange to admit and say and i'm sure some people are gonna freak out over that one. <laughs> oh man oh, yeah it wasn't long ago that arizona was top of the league or top five in the league and now they're 18th so yeah the league is really close people who don't think so and go oh it's because of the three-point games it artificially uh, keeps it equal well not really because everybody plays by the same rules so the team in 18th had just as much chance as the team in second to get three-point games. Uh, and the better teams, the truly elite teams, like make it up to the top five, usually, unless there's injuries or something stupid. And the teams that are pretty good kind of hover around the middle. And the teams that were obviously bad, and then as I scroll down the list, like Detroit, LA, uh, New Jersey, Ottawa, Anaheim, San Jose, I actually was right, surprisingly, uh, Minnesota, like, it's not a surprise those teams are where they are. Uh, Buffalo, that's, I mean, they had a chance, but because all those changes, you're like, oh, I don't really know. But again, not a surprise given their history. Um, and that Buffalo fan thing was crazy. I'm going to talk about that in part two this week. Um, like, all these teams, New York, what a surprise they are where they are. Montreal, I'm not surprised that they are where they are. Carey Price doesn't have an all-star season. Uh, and so, and then, you know, everybody else in between. So everybody plays by the same rules. All you got to do is make it in the playoffs. And right now it really does look like the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. And I believe because I have to. <laughs> Otherwise, this won't be as fun. 
be kind of sad when they're out and I'm still doing this. Like, oh guys, uh, remember when they were, remember when they were first in the division for a week? It's pretty sweet. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's it for me for part one. I'll see you next week on the Hockey Pot Hungry for Leafs podcast, uh, part two on Thursday, uh, where I'm going to talk about my halfway winners and losers and the general news and just some of the, the funny stuff going around the NHL. Thank you all for listening, and I will catch you next time.